yay. All persons having business before the Honorable, the Supreme Court of the United States, are admonished to give their attention, for the court is now sitting. God save the United States and this Honorable Court. We'll hear argument this morning in case 1946, the United States Patent and Trademark Office versus Booking.com. Welcome to The Term, a podcast about the Supreme Court by Law 360. I'm Jimmy Hoover. I cover the court for Law 360 here in Washington. And joining me now from New York is Law 360 editor-at-large, Natalie Rodriguez. How are you today, Natalie? Hey, Jimmy. Pretty good. But man, what a week this has been at the court. Um, Historic. So to (laughs) stop it off. Uh, The court for the first time ever in history held telephonic oral arguments, which you heard up top. Uh, So we'll definitely be getting into that further down the line. Uh, We'll also be talking about why Justice Ginsburg had a call in from a hospital bed for two of those arguments. We'll be touching on the court's uh, major Bridgegate ruling. And we'll also be getting into some of the funny moments from this week's arguments, including the toilet flush heard around the world. I can't wait to talk about that, but first we have to get to the big news of the week, and that comes from someone we don't usually hear from at Supreme Court oral arguments. Uh, thank you, thank you, Counsel uh, Justice Thomas. Uh, yes, uh, Ms. Ross, the a couple of questions. Um, Justice Thomas was asking questions. Um, it was the first time in a year that he's actually spoken up during a Supreme Court oral argument, and it wasn't a one-off. He was asking questions all week of attorneys from both sides in all cases. Yeah, I definitely feel like it feels like a shock uh, just to hear him speak because uh, he's gone so many years and, and large spells with not talking from the bench. But it's actually not that surprising if you've heard him talk um, at events before. He has routinely uh, kind of uh, decried the free-for-all argument uh, format that happens at the Supreme Court in person. Uh, he doesn't like that attorneys are always uh, getting basically interrupted in their arguments. Uh, I think at one point he kind of said that, you know, it, it looks like family feud. Uh, he said that like back in 2000. Yeah, it's certainly a hot bench um, when the Supreme Court's in its open session. And Justice Thomas doesn't strike me as the one to kind of like jump in on one of his colleagues' toes to, to kind of get his questions across. But now that the Supreme Court has adopted this new teleconference format where the justices speak, you know, the chief justice goes first and then they go in order of seniority. So that means Thomas is right after Roberts. He probably appreciates having the floor um, just for at least a little while to get his his points across. And in fact, that's what um, one of his former clerks told me, that uh, he, he probably feels that this is a more civilized way of doing things as opposed to the, as you mentioned, the normal free-for-all where the justices are constantly like cutting each other off, speaking over one another and et cetera. Yeah, I have to say, um, you know, that there were some hiccups, which we'll certainly be getting into later this episode. Uh, but but generally, the the flow of the arguments was pretty like steady and and unremarkable. Um, I, I you know I I think personally I I kind of miss the the momentum that maybe can get built with justices like you know all getting in on the single thread of an argument or an idea um, during the arguments but uh generally speaking there wasn't like the format wasn't all that terrible to 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 listen to 
Yeah, it's an interesting trade-off because on the one hand, you'll hear from someone like Thomas who brings kind of an interesting perspective um, to the court's oral arguments. But as you mentioned, yeah, there's not that that natural flow of a conversation where they can pursue kind of like one line for a long stretch of time. Um, and instead, you'd have Chief Justice Robertson had to like cut off his colleagues. Like uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor was kind of one example where she was trying to ask a follow-up question and, and Chief Justice Roberts had to kind of keep it moving on to Justice Kagan, who was next in line for her question. So yeah, something maybe is lost in this this new format, even if we've gained something else. Yeah, and even with the the Chief Justice's kind of timekeeping, uh, a lot of the arguments went over. I mean, they were like well over an hour for most of them. Right. Yeah. I think that goes to show like his enforcement of the timekeeping is a little bit inconsistent. You know, I, I, I kind of recall Justice Alito at one point having like this really lengthy exchange with one of the attorneys and I'm sitting here looking at my watch and it's, you know, it's just kind of dragging on. So, yeah, I, I think maybe next week you'll see him be a little bit more diligent about moving the questions along since they have so many cases to get through. Yeah, I, it's been, uh, I think, uh, a couple of long telephone uh, days for for the justices, particularly, I think, for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's actually hospitalized this week uh, with a gallbladder issue. Uh, she had a gallstone that uh, blocked a bile duct and she got an infection, which, you know, terrible. I've actually had gallbladder issues. So I, I feel for the justice uh, on this point. Uh, and we're certainly wishing her well and, and a speedy recovery. But uh, she did not let that stop her. And because the arguments were happening telephonically. She was able to participate on Wednesday uh, via the telephone in oral arguments. Yeah, one of the cases that she participated in on Wednesday was a pretty big healthcare case called Little Sisters of the Poor um, versus Pennsylvania. It's a challenge to the Trump administration's efforts to kind of exempt um, employers who have kind of certain moral or religious objections to birth control from having to provide birth control coverage to their uh, workers um, under the Affordable Care Act. So you have Pennsylvania and other states that are challenging this regulation. So that was teed up on Wednesday. And Justice Ginsburg, who's you know a leader of the, the court's progressive wing, she had some pretty tough questions uh, for the Trump administration, notwithstanding her health scare and the fact that she had undergone gallbladder treatment just the day before. So as she's kind of sitting in her hospital bed, she's just grilling U.S. Solicitor General Noel Francisco. To endeavor to put in place an accommodation of the employer's religious exercise while at the same time ensuring women covered by employers' health plans, ensuring that women receive full and equal health coverage, including contraceptive coverage. You have just tossed entirely to the winds what Congress thought was essential, that is that women be provided these service services. Uh, with no hassle, no cost to them. Justice Ginsburg has since been discharged from the hospital. Um, she's now at home and she's doing well, according to the court, but she's going to have to go back to uh, the hospital for follow-up visits over the next few weeks to get this gallstone removed non-surgically, the court said. We certainly wish her wish her a speedy recovery. Um, now, now, veering a little bit f- uh, away from the telephonic heavy coverage that uh, this episode is 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 covering. Uh, in other news from the court this week, an opinion came down on Thursday morning uh, in the infamous New Jersey Bridgegate case. Uh, 
So I think a lot of our listeners probably know the term about the big scandal and the bridge closure uh, from 2013. Uh, Basically, the justices unanimously decided to wipe out the convictions of two former state aides who had been caught up in that scandal. Uh, They basically said that the prosecution's uh, novel reading and reach uh, for federal wire fraud uh, convictions was a bit too far of a reach. That's right. Just to kind of remind our listeners, this case had to do with allegations that former aides to then Republican Governor uh, Chris Christie had orchestrated uh, a kind of a political scheme for payback against the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey, for not having endorsed Chris Christie in the 2013 election. And so the allegations are that they, you know, concocted this fake traffic study in order to justify closing um, access lanes to the George Washington Bridge in 2013, which caused days of massive gridlock. Um, So the Supreme Court on Thursday morning basically said that even though this was pretty unsavory um, and it, quote, jeopardized the safety of the town's residents, uh, Justice Kagan writing for the majority says not every corrupt act by state or local officials is a federal crime. And so she says that because the scheme here did not aim to obtain money or property that the aides could not have violated this federal wire stat this federal wire fraud statute yeah this was a ruling that was definitely celebrated by the aides attorneys uh but some watchdog groups are lamenting this is just the latest blow to federal statutes that are meant to prevent public corruption um i know jimmy we've spoken about this before uh but this really does fall quite in line with a couple of other uh, notable Supreme Court rulings where they have uh, basically cinched in prosecutors in their attempts uh, to use federal laws for these kind of convictions. Turning back to the court's teleconferences this week, uh, we wanted to talk about some kind of lighthearted moments that show that, you know, just like everyone else, the justices struggle with some of these, you know, conferencing calls with issues with having to do with the mute button, which, you know, we've experienced a lot in our uh, virtual calls recording this podcast, Natalie. We've experienced it a lot today, although our <laughs> listeners will will uh, not be really the wiser for that <laughs> right we have the advantage Thank- of being thankfully able to for the edit editing. out everything uh, thanks to producer steve but of course the supreme court um broadcasting live they don't have that luxury so that any little moment like that gets um you know uh, immediately tweeted out um all across social media so one of the justices to kind of struggle with the mute button for the first couple of days of these teleconferences was justice sonia sotomayor who you know roberts had to call kind of numerous times in order for her to kind of like uh unmute herself and get on the line to begin asking her questions the regulations uh justice sotomayor Justice Sotomayor? I am sorry, Chief. Did it again. Um, (laughs) Mr. Michelle, the long and the short of this is... It's just like great comedic timing. I can listen to that clip all day. (laughs) (laughs) But Justice Sotomayor was not the only justice to struggle with the mute button. Uh, A few others struggled... In the reverse fashion of not muting themselves. And at one point uh, during oral arguments, a cell phone went off, which uh, prompted the chief justice to uh, kind of admonish uh, the associate justice a a little bit and remind them to turn their cell phones off. 
But not everyone took the advice to mute themselves, and that prompted an instantly viral moment um, during the last oral argument of the week when, during the presentation of one of the attorneys, you could distinctly hear the sound of a toilet flushing, um, making history in that it was the first time that a toilet flushing will be part of a Supreme Court oral argument record. The subject matter of the call might range beyond the collection of government-backed debt. Maybe they're going to be marketing some other product. Maybe they're going to be saying, hey, call your congressman and uh, change these laws that apply to banks. And what the FCC has said is that when the subject matter of the call ranges to the topic, then the call is transformed. And it's, it's yeah. a call that would have been allowed and it's no longer allowed. And so I think that I think... You know Roberts just loves this, right? He's worked so hard <laughs> to kind of raise the dignity of the Supreme Court and preserve it, and then the toilet flush. I, I, I guess the real question is, will this be the last toilet flush <laughs> to, to be heard from the Supreme Court? Uh, Jimmy, I know you, you contacted the attorney who was speaking at the time, and he says it didn't come from his line. Yeah, no. Um, so that unfortunately leaves us with the kind of inference that it definitely came from one of the justices. But you know, <laughs> we'll leave it up to you know a more intrepid reporter than I to to really get to the bottom of this flush heard heard around the Twitter sphere. Supreme Court flushgate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't the only toilet talk of the week um earlier in uh the week uh, on monday uh, lisa blatt one of the attorneys in the booking.com case uh referenced the toilet paper shortage in her in her arguments and i actually did not know this but it was actually the first time in several years that the word toilet made it into arguments yeah, you know, I mean, it's not something that comes up in, in, in the normal course of oral arguments, but uh, certainly this week was a, a banner week for toilet talk at the Supreme Court. Well, I'm interested to see just what next week brings. Uh, I know we've got the big case on uh, regarding President Trump's financial records and access to them. So we'll definitely be covering those oral arguments and uh, I, I think whatever new bloopers might come our way from, from these uh, telephonic hearings. I know, on the one hand, I'm totally delighting in all of these little moments that kind of humanize the Supreme Court in our way, but I also kind of have these fears that maybe the justices are like, this whole thing was a bad idea. We're going to go back to our old ways and like barricade the doors and not let, you know, anyone listen in on what we're doing. So, yeah. You know, Has the toilet let's... flush killed uh, the video dreams? Yes. Of... <laughs> <laughs> toilet video killed the, the video courtroom? star for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimmy, uh, as always, it's been great chatting with you about everything going on with the Supreme Court this week. Yeah. Thanks, Natalie. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. like to thank our producers and editors Stephen Trader and Danielle Smith, our executive producer Amber McKinney, and our contributing reporter this week Bill Wickert. Music for the show comes from Slenderbeats. For more information about all the high court action, please go to law360.com slash the term. You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search law360 in the term. Thanks for listening. <laughs>